in the name of Jesus we have prayed. Now verse 11, let's read together. And I'd like you to personalize that verse 11 because it's a promise of God over your life. Can we read together verse 11 of Psalm 91, 1, 2, 3, let's go. For he will give his angels charge over me to guard me in all my ways. Let's declare that once again. For he will give his angels charge concerning me to guard me in all my ways. I like you to, it's a promise of God. God said he will give his angels charge concerning you and they will guard you in all your ways. So read it once again and we'll give God thanks for that promise. Once again, let's go. For he will give his angels charge concerning me and he will guide me in all my ways. So give the Lord thanks for this promise and say, Lord, I thank you. Oh, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Your Your life is not by mistake. Your steps are ordered. Your steps are ordered. Your steps are ordered. The blessings commanded to you will get to you. Even if you are not in town. Bless the name of the Lord. Say, Lord, I thank you for this promise. I thank you for this promise. Say, Lord, I thank you for this promise. Thank you because you said you will give your angels charge over me. I thank you because you said you will give your angels charge over me. Thank you because I am protected by you. I'm protected by you. If these things excite you, then truly give the Lord thanks if you are sure of them. If you are sure, give the Lord thanks. Give the Lord thanks. Your life is not by mistake. It's not by mistake. No. Give the Lord thanks. Give the Lord thanks. Lord, we are grateful. We are grateful for these exciting promises. Promises of provision. Promises of healing. Promises of the perfection of our faith. Of this faith that we we profess. Promises of deliverance. Oh, give the Lord thanks for that. Give the Lord thanks for that. Even the lawful captive shall be set free. Even the lawful captive shall be delivered. Yes, they shall be delivered. It's a promise of God. Lord, we thank you. We are grateful. He gave us the promise of the Holy Spirit. And we have received that Holy Spirit and the, the Holy Spirit that was promised. And is working in our lives. He said, I will send the comforter. I will send the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Brethren, that Holy Spirit has been sent and the Spirit of God is in you. So give the Lord thanks for the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you are born again, then you have that Spirit living in you. You have that person of the Spirit of God living in you. Oh, give the Lord thanks. Is the one guiding you into all truth. Is the one comforting you. Is your comforter. Is the one helping you. Is your helper. Give the Lord thanks. Oh, it helps. It helps. So many testimonies that abound as regards the help of the Holy Spirit. If you have been helped by the Holy Spirit, then give the Lord thanks. Oh, it helps. It helps. I have testimonies in that line. The Holy Spirit helps. Oh, give the Lord thanks. 
Give the Lord thanks for the healing promises over your life. Lord, we are grateful. Lord, we are grateful. Blessed be God forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. And lastly, brethren, you will pray for yourself. You know, every time we come, we just get excited by the words that come. Whether it's a word of rebuke or it's a word of correction, we just know that this is the word of God for us. And I believe the word of God will come to you again this evening. In the name of Jesus. So I'd like you to pray and say, Lord, my, my heart is ready. Send your words to me. Irrespective of how the word will come to you. If it's coming as correction, then praise the Lord. If it's coming to set you on the right path, then blessed be the name of the Lord. If it's coming to encourage you, glory be to God. If it's coming to rebuke you, it is because we are loved by him. So let's just give the Lord thanks and say, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the, how your word will work this evening. We thank you. Oh, give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, this evening, we thank you for the word that you'll be bringing to us. We thank you. We thank you for that word. Now, why are we thanking God? Because we are sure he will speak to us. He has not gathered his people in vain, especially when we are hungry. We come here hungry for God's word every Tuesday, every Friday, every Saturday. No, he said, as part of the promises he made, he said he will pour water on, the, on dry grounds. And every time we come, we come thirsty. We come like men and women who desire to drink. Yes, we come like that. Like men who have not taste, tested water for, for days. So, Lord, we ask according to your word. Quench our test this evening. Quench our test this evening. Satisfy our hunger. Give us light this evening. Glorify Jesus in our lives. We we'll bless your name, Lord, forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. All right, that is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe it, give me an amen. amen. All right, can we quickly take our declaration of understanding as we get into studying and then we'll start praying. If you are ready, give me an amen. amen. If you don't know it by heart, just wave your hand like you, you need to be saved and then send you salvation, if you know what I mean. All right. All right, one, two, remember it's what? So let's do it like that. One, two, let's go. I declare. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. What is entering my heart. It's giving me light and direction. It's healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. And that is precisely what we, we all experience today in the name of Jesus. Amen. It will come to pass that the word of God will enter our hearts. It will enter your heart. Amen. It will enter my heart. Amen. To give us light, amen. direction, amen. healing. Somebody say healing. Amen. I said say healing. Amen. Healing. Amen. That's what you will experience in Jesus' name. Amen. In every area, spirit, soul, and body, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. He sent his word and healed them. That's why we are claiming that. 
Anytime the word is coming forth, healing is following it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. Now, I... It's not often I have a title. This evening I have one. <laughs> okay, I won't share it yet because you don't believe it. You, <laughs> you are the only one. The only, you are the Caleb and Joshua. The other people, they say no until we hear it. Alright, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, let's take it from um, the book of Psalms, verse um, chapter 27. Psalm 27. Um, we'll read. Okay, let's read everything just to be, I mean, to enjoy Bible reading. All right? Now, what, this is how we'll read it. I'll read verse 1. We'll all read verse 2. Then I'll read verse 3. Then we'll do. And then we'll all read verse, um, the last verse, which is verse 14. If you are ready, give me an amen. amen. Alright, I will go. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a strength, is a defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? Or oh, like in James says, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I like that expression. Verse 2. When evil has come upon me to devour my flesh. My adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. For one thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Verse 5, For in the day of trouble he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. 6, And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Verse 7, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, and be gracious to me, and answer me. When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Verse 9, Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me, nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. 10, for my mother and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. 11. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. 12. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. 13. I would have despaired unless I have believed that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. I'll pick two verses here and read them again. And they are verses um, 3 and verse uh, and 14. Verses 3 and 14. Let me read three again. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. And in verse 14, he says, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. 
Yes, wait for the Lord. Now, let me just quickly um, give you my title now. All right. <laughs> Your faith will be boosted, all right, when I give you the title. It's, the title is Teaching Your Heart Not to Fear. Did you hear what I said? Teaching your heart not to fear. That is to be not afraid. It's very important that our hearts are not afraid. Let's just read another portion before we begin to teach and then we continue our prayer which we began at the beginning of today's meeting. And that's by going to the book of Matthew. I want us to read something we all know very well. Matthew chapter 14. Now, of course, it's a portion we know. I just want to bring out some points from it. To save our time, we'll quickly get down to verse 25. You know, in, from verse 22, you read that the Lord told the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he was finishing with the crowd. After he had sent the crowds away, he went to the mountain to pray and then during the night, something happened. Verse 25. And in the first, fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in what? In fear. They cried out in fear. But immediately he spoke, that is verse 27, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I do not be afraid. Please notice that. When they first saw him, they were what? Afraid. They began to fear. They cried out in fear. Fear was what motivated their response of crying. It was not like crying for help from the Lord. It was not a cry of faith, a cry of dependence upon God. It was a cry of fear. And when God heard it, the first thing the Lord Jesus said to them was what? Do not be afraid. The Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, Command me to come to you on the water. Why were they afraid? Somebody was walking on water. It's not a common sight, really. I've not seen that in a long time. (laughs) The Lord is good. (laughs) And he said, in response to Peter, he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on water. Wow. (laughs) It's not easy. He walked on water. He walked on water. It's actually possible to walk on water. And he came toward Jesus. Verse 30. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. The cry this time around at least was focused on the Lord. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Then they got into the boat. When they got into the boat, the wind stopped. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are certainly God's son. Of course, when you see that, you will believe. The Lord is good. Now, we read from um, from, um, Psalm 27. And uh, there's something about that 27. I I will go back there. But this story helps us illustrate something about fear. Why we need to teach our hearts not to fear. It's an important assignment that we must all engage in, teaching our hearts not to fear. Why I like this portion is that it shows us the power of fear. Fear is not just the absence of faith. 
It is just like I talk about light and darkness. Darkness does not just mean there is no light. Darkness is a spiritual force independently existing in spite of light. You have to deliberately remove darkness. Yes, you use light to push out darkness. But don't think that darkness is a force that exists only because there is no light. Darkness is a kind of force, just like light is a kind of force. That is why the Bible will tell that the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness literally could not comprehend. Now, most Bibles will use the word overcome. But what it literally says is that it can't understand it. That is, darkness tries to overcome light, but it does not know how to. Do you follow my point? My emphasis is that darkness is a force. It's not just the absence of light. If it was just the absence of light, why would we be talking about darkness trying its best to overcome? Do you get my point? For example, a vacuum does not try to overcome air. Once air comes in, vacuum disappears, but not with darkness. Darkness exists, light exists. And when light shines, you have to deliberately remove darkness. Sometimes light will shine. Darkness is still locking there. It's like, it's like um, um, wheat and tears. They can't grow together. And that's why when God said, let there be light, he had to come afterwards to separate the light from the darkness. And he made it clear to us, it is possible for people to have light and darkness working together. So he had to warn us, what relationship does light have with darkness? Because you see people deliberately mixing light with darkness. That's what fear is like too. Sometimes a heart claims to have faith, but fear is locking somewhere inside. So we have to deliberately fight it. We have to train our hearts not to fear. Anytime you find fear, all right, come to God in repentance and use prayer to fight fear in your life. You know, the book of Psalms, you know, when I was young, people who those who used to chant Psalms were white garment churches. Yes. And we grew up looking at them with suspicion. Then when we began to learn the word of faith, we looked at them with serious, not suspicion now, with confirmation that these people are not in the light. I hope you're getting my point. And they had the habit of just reciting sounds. But you know, as I began to grow as a Christian, I realized that men, they tapped into something Pentecostals often, you know, neglect and therefore miss the advantage inside. In everything in life, every spiritual, let me use the expression, organizational arrangement, there are words. Words are not arbitrary. Words are standardized. The Bible talks about acceptable words, talking about Solomon. That's the preacher sought to use acceptable words. It's like spiritual things. That is, it's like computing. It's not every code you just put in anywhere you like. Things were set in place before you were created. Certain words had been programmed for in the realm of the spirit to use to open doors, to use to say things. You don't have to be innovative. I hope you're getting my point. There are words that are called acceptable words. Prayer, you know, I said something about Pentecostal prayer. Hmm? We, we still participate in it. I've not had enough, maybe I've not taken enough time to try and streamline it. Again, everything has its own risks. Sometimes when you streamline prayer properly, people get into monotonous religion. That's one thing. But prayer can be streamlined. You know, Pentecostals went into the, an extreme. For example, the Pentecostals love to shout. And then when they are praying, you know, I went to preach somewhere on Saturday. 
No, on Sunday evening. My Father in heaven. Oh, Holy Spirit. Have you ever gone to preach in New Heaven before? No, not New Heaven, sorry. Agbani Road. So many of you are laughing with, with recognition. With personal experience. Four floors, four churches. You've been there? My father. I went to preach on first floor. And there was a church on ground floor. At the point I wanted to ask God, can you hear us? Can you hear them? I wasn't sure <laughs> the one the Lord was hearing. And then Christians can be very funny. They, would, they, they didn't seem to care that we were upstairs trying to preach. They would beat the drum as hard as possible and scream till the Lord would almost put his hands over his ears. My father. I said, what is all this noise about? Just by the way, I think we are very insensitive. You know, in Abakliki, when we used to go there to do Bible studies regularly, of course, we don't own a building, we rented a hall. And next hall, right next to our own, was a church. And you know the church. I've never seen that kind of wickedness amongst people who say they are believers. They come for choir rehearsal, not a church service. While we are trying to teach Bible separated by one wall. They will, you know, some, there's no way Christians will not be deaf in Nigeria. It's not possible. I think if you go and check the ears of Christians, it's almost as deaf as those who go to nightclubs to hear loud music. Don't think God will do anything special for you if you can't, don't have common sense. To know that your music does not have to tear the roof down. You see them put 10 speakers in a hall half this size. And they put all of them on. And you're wondering, for what? I had to go in there one, they go and ask one guy one day that. Does it matter to you that we are supposed to be believers? And we are next door just teaching scripture and you are here doing choirry hazard. Do you need these speakers? You don't. I dropped some of this for people to wake up. I was, to, I was preaching on Sunday. I just shook my head. I think we have a problem. We can't just recognize another church upstairs. Tune down your volume. And just say, brethren, our, some of our brethren are fellowshipping upstairs. I don't believe all of us must be in the same church. It's unnecessary. It's not, it don't even work. It won't work. We all can be in the same church. Have you ever seen white man sing before? How can they sing with black people? The songs, they're different. There are musicians, yeah, this person sold <laughs> this number of copies. Like, somebody can listen to this. Is this music? <laughs> and you're wondering, what's wrong with Dudu? You know? You know, the, the drum, you know, you get my point. The drum is African, that there's something spiritual. There's, there's a way the African soul connects with the drum. You know, have you ever seen an African play harp? <laughs> you see, they are playing violin. <laughs> Not lie. <laughs> you know, the Lord is there. Amen? God created us like that, and we are very, very. So, we cannot all be in the same denomination. That's my another make. But we can recognize each other. We can recognize each other. Our brethren are upstairs. We don't have to make this amount of noise. I preached for a little over two hours. The recording is almost useless. It's almost useless. The young men were recording. Young men and young women. But I said, who's going to listen to this? Like, I dropped some of these when I'm preaching. I it's an aside. Okay? But for us to just recognize, alright? Anybody hearing this, you know, just have common sense. If your brethren are the knock and say, guys, how do we do it? We wanted to do this. Just turn down your volume. We'll, both, we'll all have fun. And God will hear everybody. The Lord is good. Apostle, 
What was I trying to say when I said I went to do that? Oh, okay, your prayers. Thank you. You know, at the point in time that our brethren dances were praying, and I told myself, this is not necessary, just a bad habit. Oh, Father, we worship you! God said, ah, and you have to shout when your brethren are upset. Do you think that makes a difference whether you scream it? Oh, he got my we will hear you. We hope they're trying to read scriptures. Oh, God. When they try to balance it for Christians those days, they say, why do you must you scream? That God is not deaf. They will not reply them. Neither is he irritable. He's not deaf. We don't have to shout that much. You read in the Bible that they lifted up their voices with one accord. We think they used to pray the way we pray now. Oh, everybody. You know what they used to do? When they said they lifted up their voice with one accord. I believe. It's in scriptures like that. Somebody will rise and speak. And the congregation will respond with an amen. Or statements like, for the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Or with statements like, the Lord is our deliverer. We don't all have to be shouting. We are praying on the same thing. One person can play, pray. A person of understanding, a person of wisdom, leads the prayer. And the rest of us, we can, the Catholics do what they call the responsorial sound. I haven't considered it, I think it's a beautiful thing. I wish Pentecostals will learn it. With the insight you have, write your own prayers. Write the response. We are praying on this. We want to pray about the, for, for the country. There are five, six key verses of scripture. He's a governor amongst the nations. He rules in the affairs of man. Are you getting my point? There are a number of them. He set their boundaries. You create it into a short stanza. And at the beginning, say, brethren, this is how you will respond to the prayer today. Words of praise. Words of thanksgiving. Five lines. And somebody will say, we live, okay, that has passed now. We lift a, a dual state election into your hands. We ask you for peace in the land. We ask you for peace, for your choice as, uh, to, to, be, to be confirmed in this election. And everybody will react, will respond. For the Lord is a governor amongst the nations. For he, he raises up kings and he brings down kings. You just repeat five lines. Amen. We ask that the council of troublemakers will be confounded. For the Lord is a governor Amongst the nations. He rules in the affairs of man. And sets upon the kingdoms. Whomsoever he wishes. And puts upon it the lowliest of men. They will say things like that. For regards not, not to succeed. They will repeat that. That's why the Bible says they lifted their voice in one accord. Uh, when we lift our voices in 17 accords. <laughs> Talking about words. The book of Psalms. Have studied it a bit. I was in again this was it yesterday night, and I read some verses. I said, God, this is prayer now. Let me tell you what God did. There is nothing you want to go through somebody has not passed through. One, there's nothing you want to go through. He has not yet given a prayer concerning. If you read scripture, you'll find prayer there. You don't have to be innovative. You don't have to make your prayer so convoluted and confusing. That even you can't remember what they are saying. There are words inside there. There are words appropriate to every situation. There are words you will take. Uh, listen to the tape. Aggressive prayer by Derek Prince. 
in the spiritual conflict, I think, series, Aggressive Prayer, he will tell you how God will give him words that he will use to pray for a particular situation. Short words derived from scriptures, just a few lines. And he will use that for months on a particular situation. Yes, there is praying in the Holy Spirit, praying with groanings that cannot be uttered. There is praying in other tongues. Those things happen. But I'm talking about regular, you know, prayer is not a hard thing. Just look for the acceptable words. Listen, one of the things we'll talk about, we're talking about already anyway. One of the things about um, training our hearts not to fear is to learn acceptable words with which you respond to every situation. Just fill your head. Just fill your head with words. I hope you're not watching Big Brother anything. I hope you know it's a sin to watch it. You're wasting God's time. Learning nothing. Getting addicted to hours of staring at blank screens through which the only thing that can enter your soul is a knowledge of the iniquity of men and women. It's a sin. Yes, I will say it like that. You are falling far short of God's glory. Spend your time filling your head, filling your heart with acceptable words. I picked Big Brother because it's a plague. I know, let me, they not turn it into as if it's an event in the nation. It's not. They pay the newspapers to, to update you every day. I have never accidentally, by chance, mistakenly clicked, I leave my news online. And I say, somebody is about to be kicked out. I said, that's his father's business. How does he concern me? I keep on scrolling. <laughs> they want to generate a, you know, a narrative around nonsense. The world is a world. They can do anything they like. I find you a Christian like that. We send you to, to purgatory for like, uh, roast your back small, you know? The Lord is good. What am I saying? Your duty is to use what? Acceptable words. The book of Psalms loaded with acceptable prayer. Loaded with acceptable words. Loaded with words that ignite the spirit. Fill your head with them. One of the things that in the house where um, my wife, me, the kids were trying to do is to read a lot of it. So the children have to memorize. I was telling them this morning, remember meditations. So they have eight verses memorized. A whole chapter memorized. Those two, uh, those short chapters, take two of them together, memorize them. They are acceptable words. They are acceptable words. Very important words. Now, let me continue what I was saying. So you see, let's talk about that fear again. Fear has to be fought deliberately. That's why David spoke words, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about, is to encourage us to go there. One of the things we'll do is to say to your heart, my heart will not fear. It's one of the ways you train your heart not to fear. Why should your heart not fear, I'll tell you. Because fear is so powerful that you can sink in the presence of Jesus Christ. That's what I'm talking about. Fear is so powerful that Jesus can give you a word. You act upon that word, yet you will sink. Even though the word has enough power to keep you floating. One of the things prayer does for you 
is to teach your heart or to help your heart not to fear. Fear has to be fought. And you will see every time somebody is afraid, God will always answer. I mean, sometimes they get scared because of the presence of God. If you see God's presence, you will be afraid. So God will introduce himself with one expression. Do not be afraid. And remember, it's not advice. So. He's killing something. He's uttering, a, he's, re- he's releasing power by that utterance to calm you down. Because if you are not calm, he can't talk to you. If you are not calm, he can't bless you. Peter spoke to Jesus. Asked me to come. Jesus said, come. And he jumped. The power in the word kept him floating. We live in perilous times. But you know the truth? We must endure till the end. Enduring till the end talks about holding on to faith. Enduring till the end means that the way we started is the way, listen, just tell yourself, even if I lie, let me die in the process. Don't take any action of fear to preserve your life. I hope you're getting my point. It's better to die in faith and die honorably than to start in faith. Your heart fails along the line. You start taking actions of unbelief to preserve your life and the power of God departs from you and you die in the wilderness. The Bible says these things were recorded for our learning. If things were recorded for our learning, let's get it right. We're supposed to learn from them. Unbelief. Listen, God took Israel by a mighty hand out of Egypt. Took them through the Red Sea. And you know what he said? Because they became afraid of the giants, doubted the word of God, they were going to die in the wilderness. And if you did not read the story, the way it was told to us by Moses, let us assume Moses did not intercede for them. And the Lord carried out his, um, his uh, judgment against the nation. And then you read the story written by non, not the scribes and the prophets, just common people. All they will tell you that these people said God was helping them. Very strange things happened in Egypt. Then they left Egypt. A stranger thing happened though. They crossed the sea. And then <laughs> they all died in the wilderness. Don't follow strange things though. Don't believe in miracles. Miracles kill. Because ten miracles and the Red Sea and they died. So anytime somebody is having ten miracles, they say he's about to die. No, think about it. What they will not know is that the reason they died was because they started in faith, then abandoned faith at the edge of their blessing, at the edge of their promised land, just because before they stepped into the final thing, just before they stepped into the fulfillment of the promise, they said, no, we can't, we will die here. And they died. And the Lord killed them. Those were recorded for what? Our learning. That's why we must train our hearts not to fear. And I should quickly point out, no matter how difficult the times might be, we can float on the water if we focus on the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you're getting my point here. Businesses, now, we're talking to Christians now. Why do businesses fail? No power. 
That's natural reasoning. No infrastructure. Is it infrastructure they call it? Anyway, infrastructure, amenities. That's why businesses fail. That is a common thinking. Scripture says businesses fail because of what? Unbelief. Because hearts fail. If hearts do not fail, see, physical things respond to spiritual climate. I hope you're getting my point. Listen. God will will rewrite laws to favor the heart that's perfect towards him. He will change things. You know when this coronavirus thing started and I said Nigeria banned flights coming from America? I said, no condition is permanent. I, I said, what? Nigeria said, no flights from America will come to Nigeria. I said, wow, how the tables turn. And people don't realize that. You, you, you must learn to learn lessons from common things that you see. You must learn it. That's telling you that anything can happen. That's telling you that anything can happen. God can change. You see? You know, there was a time there was so much famine in Samaria, that's in northern Israel, that people were, anyway, they were eating all kinds of things. The famine was so bad because there was a siege against the land. And the prophet said, by tomorrow, things will be so cheap, you wouldn't believe it. And the man said, even if God were to open the windows of heaven, can this happen? The Lord was grieved and it manifested in the word of the prophet. The prophet said, you will see it, you will not eat of it. What I'm going to say is that, listen, God can work miracles. Floating on water is not a strange thing. Physical water, people can walk on it. You know, I, I, was, I saw one video the other day. I knew anything happened. Many of us may have known about the tugboat that sank off Port Harcourt, somewhere in rivers there, off the coast of Nigeria. And days later, they found the cook. Remember the story? They were towing something, a tugboat, full ships. Then the weather was bad. Next, they knew that the, the tugboat, with all its weight and everything, flipped over and sank to the bottom. And a lot of people on board, well, not, not like a huge number, maybe like six, seven people, they were operating the boat. So, of course, they didn't expect anybody would be alive, So, but they had to, as is, I mean, you give human beings respect, even though you know they are dead, you have to get the corpses out and hand them to the families, because if you don't do that, just for, your, for you to understand, the family will keep on waiting for the fellow forever. They have to bury for them to know he's really dead. So that's why you see countries go at great lengths to find people they are sure are dead. They will dig. They will dive. They will spend. I mean, look at that. Um, is it Malaysian airline? They are still looking for it till today. Officially, they've certified everybody dead, giving them death certificates because you need a certificate to move on with life. You know, make claims and all of that, inherit property and stuff. Yet, yeah, they are still looking for the plane. Because until the people bury, even if it's just a bone, of the individual. Something inside them says the fellow is alive somewhere. Anyway, they now decided to dive after a few days to recover the body. The tugboat was at the bottom of the ocean there. And the guy saw a great sight. They saw the cook. He was trapped under the boat in a small pocket of air. He lasted there for how many days? They were shocked. They were shocked. Like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> it now became a rescue mission, not a recovery mission anymore. Strange things happen. Listen, there will be a natural explanation for why that happened. There will be. But, you know what, and I watched the whole story. I said this was a spiritual encounter. This is Jonah. <laughs> you know, the boat turned upside down. 
and trapped air, you know, somewhere. And that man survived on that, in that small pocket of air for the next three days. Did he expect to find anybody? God rewrites laws. You know, I'm, I'm one person that believes that God changes the past. People say you can't change the past. You don't, you don't know the God we are dealing with. I don't want to discuss that. Now, how does he do it? Don't worry about it, but he does it. Okay, I'll tell you why. Because to him, past, present, future, they, they are, they are, do you understand? He's looking from one to the other. You know the way you open a book and go back to check what happened? That's how he does it. From everlasting to everlasting, you know, Hebrew says, the Bible says, thou art God. Those days, Ben Hinn came to university, uh, to, came to Nigeria. We all left campus to go and hear him preach in town. He even came to our campus too. Did he, did he come? No, no, it was um, the other man that came to our campus. But we all went to Church of God Mission to go and hear him preach. And he quoted that scripture. That from everlasting to everlasting, the literal Hebrew is from everlasting to everlasting, God. Now, as if you are, that is, you stride from everlasting to everlasting. God has his foot as the beginning of one everlasting, the end of the everlasting. Stretch so he looks from one end to the other. To him, everything is happening at the same time. One day you will understand. That is why I have no, I have no doubt in my heart that he can change the past, and he does. And what past has he changed for you? If he changes it without erasing the memory, what would be the point? So when he changes the past, he wipes out the memory. Anything you see in science fiction, there's nothing you can imagine that God cannot do. Anything the heart of man can imagine, I'm sure God does it. But the major hindrance to his work in our lives is fear. That was why David had to say, my heart will not fear. He got the understanding that if I stay in fear, what God wants to do will not happen in my life. That's the point. And we see here, Jesus, he gave a word. God manifested in flesh, uttered a word to Peter. Right in his presence, Peter began to sink. And what was the reason? It was simply because the Bible says in verse 30, seeing the wind, he became frightened. He became what? Frightened. Do you know why? You know, news, 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 news. Most of the news in the world today, they are satanically controlled. Let me tell you how they can manipulate me. This will make you laugh. You know this seat at home the other day that was organized by, that was declared by IPOB? There's a particular Nigerian newspaper that reported something. After that, I decided that these guys are dishonest. You see two newspapers with conflicting interests reporting on the same thing. The headlines gave two different reports. Two totally different reports. One person went around to prove that the sit at home did not succeed. The other person said only one headline. IPOB thanks the people for the success of sit at home. Did you notice that? They made no comment on whether it succeeded or did not. They just reported the thank you note that was sent by one man somewhere in Israel, maybe. Say, when I read it, I said, Kai, 
human beings are deserved. The one that knocked me out the most was Ohaneze Indigo made a statement. When they reported the statement, you know how they headed it? They said they identify with IPOB's, uh, what do you call it, um, order. Then you open the news and read. You know what they said? That peaceful protest is the right of everybody. So they have no quarrel with IPOB. <laughs> did, you, did you hear that? Did you hear that? They said that Ohanese and IPOB are two totally different organizations. And they don't take instructions from IPOB. However, it's a free country. Anybody, once, they say, once it is peaceful, they have no fight. This is why I wanted to head it. You know what they said? Ohanese in support of... Now, let's leave IPOB and Ohanese in go out of this. That's how life is. When you are reading newspaper reports, those guys are not honest. They will tell you what they want you to... And they will coin in such a manner that you can't quarrel with the facts if you want to sue them for misinformation. And it's just headlines. They just throw something in. And that's why, listen, just by the way, you see, that's why, on our, okay, because we are streaming this and I don't want to mention too many names. That's why one of America's biggest news networks, I don't like to watch them anymore. I used to watch them a lot those days. Ever since Donald Trump took office, I'd never seen that kind of false reporting. They will call the man that the man tells lies. They tell more lies than he does. They twist everything. Before this coronavirus thing started, which affected economies worldwide, not only in Nigeria, everywhere, America suffered a major shrinking of the economy because, of course, economy is activity. So when virus says everybody stay at home, there's no activity, economy shrinks. So before that happened, happened, America economy was, was growing, jumping. And these are calamity people wanted to report on it. They said this is a result of, now normally everybody will credit it to the administration. They said no. Their own report was this. This is the effect of the policies of the Federal Reserve. That's American equivalent of our own central bank. The Federal Reserve chairman who President Donald Trump has been criticizing. When I read that, I said, you guys are hopeless. And in case you don't know, all this fight against Donald Trump is nothing about right and wrong. Nothing. It is about gay agenda, abortion. That's all it's about. Please know when you want to take sides. The day I watched one American, that's Fox News now. I can mention that I'm not going to say anything bad. When they reported their own side, they will give you facts and figures to show you why this man is right. Now, I'm not saying whether they are okay, correct or not, but you see the same thing. Be careful when you are listening to news. So that's why without faith, you have what? No understanding. No understanding. What am I saying of these things? Many of the things you read, they are engineered, engineered to weaken your faith. It's the deliberate satanic operation. There was a time Christians think they are warning Christians. That some Christians think they are warning that Christians. And they spend so much time discussing Islamic agenda. Anybody discussing Islamic agenda with you is not helping you. 
Most of the time, they are pushing into your heart the spirit of fear. The one I saw the other day, I couldn't believe it. They said we should pray that Obaseki will win election in Edo State. Well, let me be honest with you. I wanted him to win for certain reasons. All right. Uh, well, I'll tell you the reason we're talking. Everybody that I heard criticize him, every single person who was against him that I heard, I'm not saying everybody in town, but the ones that spoke with me, they had only one complaint about him. They all agree that he's a good manager but that he's a poor leader. So you see, these are all political quarrels. And like the chief Agbero of Edo State said, he said, a good governor will pretend in his first tenure. Then the second tenure now, he will not show his true color. He said, this man, board, ordinary board, they used to engage politician, he took it. He said, he wanted to took. <laughs> he didn't hear the gist. He said he wanted to took POS to the market. They didn't want anything to fall on ground. <laughs> and this is a man who's angry. With, did, did you see that? He said he did not want anything to fall on ground. <laughs> According to him, that we boys are not seeing anything to pick. This man is streamlining everything. The money, ah, waiting. That is removing the board. The politicians are no longer engaged. And I almost took POS to the market. So now, please, what is wrong with taking POS to the market? Are we not going to develop? Now, those are the kind of complaints I had against the man, which was the reason why I said, if this is the only complaint, then he must be a good governor. This is not the reason why we should fight him. Now, I'm not campaigning. The election is over. God has granted him his victory. Yesterday, I read that the opponent said he's not going to court. That was the latest I read. Yesterday, two days ago. The man said he's not going to court. I read it yesterday or the day before. I'm not going to court. So, God, at this, no, even our president didn't have that kind of peace when he won the election. Now, that's not my gist. My gist is that somebody told me, you know, I got the message that time, that we should pray that Pastor Isaiah will not win. Why? That how can he get, have a Muslim running mate? That the man is a stooge of the Something Islamic party, APC. And I feel like saying that this guy, you're very funny. You forget that this man you say we should vote for was also in APC. Do you get my point? He gave that APC one funny name. That aggressive party of the caliphate, yes. And that we should pray that Obaseki will win. So that the caliphate cannot penetrate the Edo state. The person that followed it to me, I said, I just replied. He said, what do you think? I said, it's nonsense. I said, this is fear-mongering. I said, I should be hearing the gospel that's been preached in Edo State. That's what I want to hear about. Not that one caliphate trying to penetrate Edo State. One day somebody told me that I've seen how many statues they are building in Enugu. I said, it's called art. <laughs> they said, no, it's idol worship. I said, have you seen anybody worship idols? <laughs> you know, the way Christians reason, it, it amazes me. I, you know, I mean, I've been seeing the, uh, the statues, uh, just nothing, just, you know, there are statues everywhere. You know? I the, the, the Bible said, do not make a statue of things in heaven. Do not bow down to worship them. These ones are not are statues of monkeys. They're not in heaven, are they? <laughs> Neither have I seen anybody in Enugu bow to worship any statue. These are just used to beautify. People say, huh, we have to pray against idolatry in Enugu. I say, 
The prayer I have is church on Sunday. Pastors don't lie. That's the real idolatry. Of course not. I'm telling you. I hear all kinds of things. When some Iranians wanted to open a hospital in Enugu, people drove them away with talk. Do you remember that story? They wanted to open a hospital. They said that. The, the, actually, what happened? Somebody went to Dubai to get somebody to come and build a, an international hospital in Enugu to create medical tourism coming in this direction. And the people that owned that one in Dubai happened to be mostly Iranians. So they came to Nigeria. And coming to Nigeria, if you're a foreigner like that, you have to go through the normal di- diplomatic channel. So they had to see the governor. Hey, he hit our news. He hit the news. So Islamic agenda. Iranians want to come. They want to open. That's how they penetrate. I say, why are you afraid? Fear is terrible. In case you say, Pastor Banky, you don't you didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. I've heard so much of it. You know, loser's mentality. Every time you say Muslim do something, you are afraid. Hey, they want to kill us. What is wrong with your God? Is he dead? Is he weakened? Is his hand so shortened he cannot deliver? Then every time you see an Islamic activity, like that and they said that uh, they have Islamic bank in Nigeria, I say, go there and register Christian bank now. You will do nothing to advance your, your faith. Then somebody is doing something to have his life better. Maybe advance his faith. You are quarreling. Was that the job that Jesus gave you? Tell the same who are campaigning. Say, let us raise 10 billion naira and rebuild all the churches burnt in the villages there with concrete structures that you will need a high-powered bomb to blow it. They, everybody runs to his own house. They want him to be tweeting. Forward it to all your contacts. I have never in my life forwarded such nonsense. What's your reason? Banky, you say, I will tell you. Because my Jesus is a victor. He's a man of war. He's a winner. That's the reason. He's not on the run. That's my reason. There's no, it's not about whether I have information, I don't have information. You know, you say a lot of, you know, right now because of the crisis in the north, which has been going on for some time, okay? A lot of, of course, economic activity in Medjugorje and the Axis down. So you can understand why. We are talking war here. So natural, okay, when there was a crisis in Africa, what happens to most, a lot of young men and women in Africa? What did they do? They ran to Europe. Now you don't, now in case you don't know it, southern Nigeria is actually quite prosperous. There's a lot of activity going on in southern Nigeria. There's activity. Activity is prosperity. Enugu, you see the way they build in Enugu. Now, for that reason, young men from the north looking for economic activity are coming down. They didn't come to Islamize you, they came to eat. Hunger is more powerful than all this uh, Islamic agenda. But you know, Christians are afraid. So, they're invading us. They're invading us. The boys, they're always going around digging. Carrying shovels. I live near where they gathered there. Every morning, running up and down, looking for how to earn 1,500 naira for the day. Now, this is where I'm going. You know what some other Christians saw in it? They saw opportunity. They said, now we don't have to travel to the north to witness to the house of man. He has come to our domain. So they are building churches in their center. 
They have, please, I'm begging all of you, the one in Enugu, take time out. It's near Dunamis. They're not too far from there. If you just go around there, just ask anybody, please, where's the outside church here? Take time out to attend their service on Sunday. Just take time out. The, the service is purely in Hausa. Purely. So one of the leaders of the mission, mission group wrote a book. I think we have a copy out there. Titled, Scattered to be Gathered. And do you know, Christians are not there supporting them, taking advantage of the situation. They are so full of fear that even though God said, save these people for me, they can't. One day, one of our sisters, she hired one of them as a security man. She said on Sunday, she looked out of her window and saw the number of young men, fit young men gathered in front of her gate on Sunday. Ah, She said, this is not good. The average person is afraid, right? How long was that? This is not right. She came down, brought all of them into the house, said church service starts. They sang the songs they could sing in house. She preached to that is whether you interpret it, I don't know. Afterward, you know, the thing was turning into a church. She couldn't handle it. So she went around town looking for a church to take this work over and could not find. One of them said to her, You don't know this, but they are very wicked. Though. So what does gospel do? It's not worth wicked people that it changes. Said so the pastor that followed her, she was going around, almost started crying. Oh, God. Look, we are streaming. So, you know, I don't want to keep shutting down and be telling you things. Fear is terrible. Some are saying, hey, they are invading. Hungry people came to look for work. The same way. Then why, why are the Europeans still not shouting you're invading and throwing all of you into the ocean? ocean? The same thing that's pushing you is pushing them. I don't want your facts. I don't want your figures. I want the knowledge of my Jesus. He's a victor. If we gather and say, listen, like when that Iranian thing was happening, you remember my t- story that I said, if Nami, ah, strangers will build my walls. I will give you land. And if as a group, we now say, any Iranian that comes here, we speak in tongues. We will start praying. So anyone that God wants to save, he sends him to come and walk. Ah, we will pray. It will become a, that is, if it was really an agenda, now then go run. They said they wanted to be the Turkish university in Nigeria. People say, don't give them land. Why not? I will give you land. I will let you know this is Nigeria. Campus fellowships are allowed. That's where we will fight from. We must allow campus fellowship. They will tell some of our brethren, enter that school. Can you block our radio signals? Do you follow what I'm going to say? Oh no, what do Christians think? Hey, they're attacking us. We are the ones on the attack. Talking about what news does, why you have to fight fear. Then one day I saw a video. One man made a video, posted it to the Muslim Umar. That is, is a Muslim cleric. Shared it with the Muslim world. And he made a statement and I was excited. You know his complaint? He said that the Muslims are not doing enough. That they should go and check what the other people are doing. And we knew, I knew what he meant by other people. That they are organized. They are converting our young people. I said, Amen. As he was saying it, I was shouting, Amen. 
I still have the video. He said they have gone to our villages, our towns, and they are converting our people. He said they are organized. They are on the move. I said, oh, Father, God, you are moving. Nonsense. Some people will be telling me that you should be afraid. That is what is really happening in the land. That is what is really happening. It will not be in the news. Listen, it will not be in the news. Ravi Sakaya told the story of how one movement they had on campus. Thousands of, okay, at least hundreds of students gathered under the power of the Holy Spirit with the word of God moving. The student magazine did not report it one line. Did you hear what I said? Meanwhile, if you slap a man because, if you slap a homosexual, they will say there's been a homophobic attack. It will be headlined on that same newspaper. Yet, a gospel crusade that lasted like a week happened with hundreds attending. Cumulative number thousands. At the end of the week, not one mention in the campus magazine. Deliberately suppressed. I said all of this to let you know that the worldly, satanic agenda is to kill your faith, stir fear in your heart. That is why I tell you all the time, whatever you sow, you shall also remain. The Bible says that, right? Don't sow fear. If they say a vehicle tumbled, a whole family died in the in River Niger because their vehicle fell into the uncompleted bridge. When you read it, say, may their soul rest in perfect peace, delete. Anyway, nobody has tried that with me anyway. If you forward that to me, I block your number. I just block you. If you are younger than me, I will call you and insult you very well. Describe the contours in your head for you. And warn you not to dare it again. But if you are too old for me to correct, I subtly block you. You think I left WhatsApp? No, I left your life. Because those are not innocent. They are staying off fear in the hearts of the people. They are staying off fear in your heart. They will keep on painting negative things. Listen to me. And it's not innocent. That is the result. It's crippling concerning what God wants to do in your life. The Lord will want you to walk on water. You will hear so much news, you will not be able to walk on water. And the little attempts you made before, you start sinking. Listen. That's why we have to fight it. David said, my, listen to this. Let's read it again. Psalm, that's Psalm 27. He said, my heart will not fear. He wasn't saying because everything is okay. The Bible would never use, I mean, David wouldn't say that kind of thing. Everything was okay. Is the temptation is to fear. He said, when evil doers come up to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. He said, do a host encamp against me. Now a host is an army. You understand what I'm saying? My heart will not fear. Do war arise against me. In spite of this, I shall be confident. One of the, things, one of the ways you train your heart, of course, I'm already talking about it, not to fear. One, watch the kind of news that you pay attention to. Watch the kind of news that you pay attention to. You should know people who their job is to scare you. Stop associating with them. Remember, God's provisions are where? In his promises. They are in his word. The word will not work on a heart that's full of fear. How do you fight fear? Celebrate every little testimony. Every story of deliverance you hear, celebrate it. Broadcast it everywhere. Speak of it as if it's the only thing God is doing. Speak of it as if that's the only thing that's happening around. Repeat the story ten times. 
talk about it again and again and again. Very important. Another way by which you fight fear in your life, that's actually the main thrust because our school of prayer. This area I'd like to spend energy is to talk to yourself. Did you hear what I said? What did I say? You talk to yourself. David says, my heart will not fear. You know, your heart is part of you. Are you getting my point? This is how it is. The man looks at his heart and says, heart, we have talk. What is it? You will not fear. And the heart says, yes, sir. You're the boss. It's an instruction. It's not just a, it's not a determination. It's what? An instruction. My heart will not fear. That's why you hear David say things like, my soul, hope in the Lord. That's something we have to learn. Buy a mirror. They're not expensive. Mirrors are cheap things. You can buy a big one so you can see your soul very well. <laughs> say to your soul, we have, we have gisto. When are we seeing? We will see at night. All right. Don't sleep before 8 o'clock. I'm coming. You are talking to yourself. I read the Bible. It's as if the, Bible, the, the Lord divided us into two, kept us in one body. It is you, but you can talk to you. So you tap you. You, wake up. Say, so who's that? It is I. Okay, I. Okay, I is listening. What do you want to talk, what do you want to talk about? Remember what this man said to you today. You are talking to yourself. Don't say, I remember what he said. No. You say, now, remember what this man said to you today. Answer yourself, mm-hmm. Say, don't believe him. You are talking to your soul. There is no need to be afraid. My soul, do not be afraid. You are saying to yourself, you see, the way he's telling you that the economy, economy is not your God. I hope you are getting my point. It's as if you are giving, teach yourself the scriptures. Explain it as if you are there listening. That's why I said, get a mirror. Sit in front of the mirror and say, Banky, I want to tell you something. All they are saying is to make it appear as if God is dead. I want you to know that God is not dead and his angels are watching over you. Don't be afraid. Don't let anybody scare you. You are speaking. Say, ah. You know David said something. He said, bless the Lord what? He was giving instructions. He said, so, bless God. And don't forget any of his benefits. And you have to learn to read in between the lines of scriptures. When somebody says, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and do not forget any of his benefits. You know what it means? Right now, things are happening that make it appear as if the Lord has not done anything. So he took it to the fundamentals. He said, remember, he forgave all your sins. He healed all your diseases. He healed you. He rescued your life from the destruction. You know, he kept on narrating one by one. He satisfies your mouth with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagles. And he kept on narrating one by one. Why? Because the tendency is to forget. My emphasis for today is what? The instruction to your soul. So you tell your heart, and listen, I like what David said here. He said, even though an army should encamp around about me, in spite of this, I will not be afraid. He's not saying there's no trouble. Because that's what happens, you know. I talk with people, chat with people and all of that. Especially when in the group, the impression is as if, in fact, there's one of my classmates that likes saying that, eh, some people never, that it's not everybody that will be saying it is all well. That's a jab, you know, an indirect jab at me. Because if you come and tell me everything is bad, I come back at you. That I'm telling you, if you want to tell me UK is bad, it's your problem. Doesn't concern me. If you tell me America is bad, well, there are some areas that shouldn't be bad because I love people who live there and I pray for them. Are you getting my point? If you tell me Australia is on fire, 
I'm not saying it's right to what I'm about to tell you. I've never prayed that if white fires will go down. Are you getting my point? I'm not saying you should go up. Oh, just I want to say, bush is... <laughs> one of them is bush is burning, like... What thing concern me? In Arowana, what thing concern me inside the matter? I don't get it. Bush is burning. Bush burns all the time on, on, on dry season in Nigeria. What's the big deal? Come. If our boys burn the bush. You know, that's just by the way. When I see when they say bush is burning, people die. They say, ah, in Nigeria? When bush burns, you know, bush rat dies. <laughs> but the boys will say they are blocking everywhere. Any reptile or rodent of any size or ungulate that comes out of the bush is ending the pot tonight. So they say California is burning. There are 700 fires now covering the landmass of this area. You know what? I just opened the I just opened, if it's newspaper, I just opened, scroll to the next page, what is happening? He doesn't, do you get my point? He doesn't worry me. It's not my problem at all. What am I going to say? Listen, speak to your soul. Say, don't let these things disturb you. When you hear news that is negative, it's not your own. Don't react. You are giving direct instructions. My soul, don't be afraid. When my people will now come and tell me, this one, I, I, the way I attack them back. Eh, as if you, you Christians, ah, when you go to new, you Christians, I like it like that. So can, I can reply you properly. You would like to, my own is that you've been, you've been afraid. You know, there's one man that said that people don't realize that the opinion of the world is a confession of character. Yeah. That people don't realize that the opinion of the world is also a confession of character. There are people I've known, they've been grumbling all, all their lives. They live abroad, they are still grumbling, and then I have a few people in mind. They particularly like to grumble for me about my country. And I keep on asking you, when did I ever call you to grumble? Say that country you are living in, I say it's a sign you are not happy where you are. Did you hear what I said? You will call me and tell me the kind of country I'm living in, how everything is scattered. I said, I should be the one complaining, not you. I don't know whether you're getting my point. I mean, I'm in my house. I'm having fun. I'm having no problem. Then I'm calling you and say, look at your roof is leaking. You can't even sleep well at night. Eh? Dogs will be barking in your neighborhood. Meanwhile, I have to wake you up to tell you that. You are just suffering. You know, why you wonder, Pastor, are you together? Shouldn't I be the one to call you and tell you what I'm going through? Why should you be the one telling me what I am going through? I told people who do that to me. I said, you know the truth? You are confessing that you are not happy where you are. And you know the truth? It's a matter of fact. It is a matter of fact. So when somebody wants to tell me that, look, I, I will answer you back. Why? Because your talk is trying to set, you know, listen, there's, you know, the Bible talks about the faith being what? The shield of faith. What do we do with it? We quench what? Fairy darts. Now let's explain that. Ephesians chapter 6. Now don't bother opening to it. Put on the whole armor of God. So that you, of course, there are different parts. Then one of them is the shield of what? Faith. With which you do what? You quench the fairy darts. That's using King James' expression. If you read modern translations, they will tell you the fire-tipped arrows. And what are fire-tipped arrows? These days we shoot and all of that. Americans will bomb with napalm and all of that. But those days, the way they used to, one of the ways you fight is to set fire in the place you want to conquer. Of course, if everywhere is burning, what would they do? They will run. How do you set fire without going there? It's simple. You get your arrow. 
soak um, like like um, anyway, like grass, roughages in tar. You know what they call tar? Like kerosene, you know, tar, thick, burning stuff. So you soak it in, you put it in the tip of your arrow. Then you put it in fire so it can burn well. Then you shoot it from a long distance. Even though they are behind walls, if you rain a thousand of those arrows, how many can they kill? If you keep on sending it in, eventually the whole city will be on fire. That's what is called fairy darts. Those are fire-tipped arrows. And what do they do? They try to set your life on fire. Are you getting my point? So faith does what? It quenches them. Now, what is the way it happens in spiritual things? Is words. Do you, are you getting what I'm saying? It's words. It's words. It is words. It's words. I knew somebody once that, in fact, I know a few of them. Have you seen friends like that? They, call, they are not your friends. They are your enemies. If you complain about anything, they have a bad diagnosis to give you. I've met a few people like that. I don't talk to them, literally. I've not seen any in recent times. If you limp, maybe your leg is, maybe you jammed your toe on something. Is that an arthritis? <laughs> no, you've not seen people like that? It sounds like a joke, but it's very annoying. If you say, man, I didn't sleep last night, you say, ah, what are you worried about? Ah, is it not possible not to sleep? Okay, I was watching James Bond. <laughs> I don't know whether you get the point. You just said that I didn't sleep last night. Ah, what is worrying you? Ah, confide in me now. They want something to worry you. you know, they just want you to be sad and unhappy. There are people like that. If you find people like that, don't tell them anything. If, even if everybody in your extended household falls sick, don't tell them anything. As everybody, God is with them. Leave it like that. Because you know what they'll tell you? Ah, coronavirus. Now don't die. <laughs> My stomach is failing me. Ah, have you seen the doctor? No cancer of the stomach is very dangerous. <laughs> no, but one reason your stomach pains most people is hunger. Instead of saying that, ah, bros, have you eaten? I have money. Is that not a better way for a friend to behave? Saying that, ah, you know, you have to go for a cancer screening. If anybody talks to you like that, don't talk to the fellow. But very importantly, when you hear such things, you know what you do? You kill them with a response. Don't be quiet. That's the point I'm making. Any kind of faith-filled response. Ah, What's wrong with your stomach? Well, I don't know. The spirit of God is working in me. It's giving life to my mortal body. Just say it like that. You know, there's a way you will magnify God, the other fellow will be embarrassed. You understand know that experience? They won't be able to talk to you. They say, okay, amen, say amen. You know, their amen is sarcastic here, but good. Like Paul said, whether you say that or sarcasm or out of faith, amen has been said. Uh-huh, leave it like that. And they say, ah, I think you should say, doctor, this is how these things start. My sister, that's how it also ends. When God is on your side. They have no choice but to say amen. They can go behind you and be saying, that's how they behave now. They say they have faith. And by the way, in case you are like that, you are begging for judgment. If you cannot say anything good, shut up. Thank you. Just shut up. One of the things I'm learning in life, I learned it long ago, God is helping me to continue to practice it, is never to take faith away from people. If you are believing God, I will not counsel you against it. My name is not Satan. 
Even if I'm not, if I say you are acting in uh, uh, presumption, I will find a way to boost the faith, even while giving you some wisdom. Oh, the Lord is good. I want to talk about my friend Pastor Corey briefly. <laughs> you know, one of the things that he hates the most are people asking what he's still doing in Sokoto. He will tell you, have I ever asked you what you're still doing in Abuja? Have I ever asked what you're still doing in New York? Have I ever come to your house to ask what you're still doing in South Africa? Why are you asking such a stupid question like what am I still doing in Sokoto? Now, why did I have to miss that? Because when crisis here and there began, eh, let me not tell you a lie. There are times I was worried. But one thing I could never do is open up and express my worry and thereby reducing his faith. I don't just deceive, I don't deceive people. After saying what I want to say, I pray. If it's the same God we are serving, the least we can do is help you. The Lord is good. Listen, don't, don't, listen, don't let anybody scare you. And don't be one scaring people. They come through fairy dirt at you. Let me tell you the truth. I don't care how nice the person is. Peter loved Jesus. For your information. Satan spoke through him. So good words yourself as a person. Make sure you are one that sows good seeds in the heart of people. In the lives of people. If things are not going right with them, encourage them with good words. Pray with them. Stop painting, you know, when, when, you, when you hear some Christians talk, just know that they, they, even if God wanted to bless them, he can't. What do I mean? They want, God wanted to carry them to the promised land. Could he? Why? He heard them talk. He heard them talk. We are not able. We are not able. We are not able. Even though he wanted to bless them, he couldn't. If you have friends who when they call you from abroad is to describe the problem in Nigeria, stop taking their calls. That's an instruction. Stop taking their calls. There's nobody who calls me from abroad, chats me from abroad, I talk that if nobody won't dare, they, they won't dare that. All my friends, what they just do is that, ah, what's going on? In fact, one of my, one of my very good friends. Anytime he hears something, he doesn't he just say, ah, I heard this. Please, can you comment? I give him a perspective. I try to balance things for him. There are times that it's very, it sounds very negative and it's fact. I just say, my brother, the facts there appear correct. But we are believing God that. Are you getting my point? And he says, thank you. He calls me, what is going on back home? How do I handle this? That's the kind of friends I talk with. Not the way the president is going right now. We don't know where this country is headed for. But you are not in the country. I know people that have not been to Nigeria in, in 20 years almost. Yet, if they finish painting you for you the story of the evil that's going on in the land, you ask yourself that, are you an idiot? Shouldn't you have asked me what is going on instead of telling me? You live in the United Kingdom for goodness sake. I live in Enugu. Are you getting my point? You live abroad. I live in the city. Shouldn't you ask me, Banky, what is going on? 
One day, one of my classmates said, like, ah, in Nigeria, huh, the person no go fly again. No. That is flying. Because when she comes to Nigeria, flying is dangerous. Because there was one, one plane that crashed sometime earlier this year. It's not a commercial plane. I think it's a private. Can you remember anything like that? I think it was even military. Huh? No, no, no. This one, a, a plane crashed. Okay, helicopter. Yes, thank you. Yeah, the helicopter in Lagos. You know me now. I quickly said, ah, I remember when Salah died. Salah died between Lagos and Ore. You know Salah now? The footballer whose plane crashed into the French, I think, the channel or something. Yes. Yes. I said, oh, it's not Salah. Yes. I said, oh, I remember. He died between Ijebudi and Ore. Poor guy. Then the Kobe Bryant. Remember Kobe Bryant? I said, Kobe Bryant was coming to be new. Now you see him come crash for this thing. <laughs> I quoted like four. And then the guy who owns them, there's one guy that owns a premiership, a premiership club in Leicester City. I said, oh, the guy went to Ogbe Stadium for Benin. Now he can't crash, die for there. I counted like four like that. I felt like I said, my friend, will you wake up and stop talking nonsense? All this I've counted for you happened in Europe and in the United States. If I were one of my classmates who talks that nonsense, he lives in the UK. He said, no, that one. I said, he said, no, that Salah died before he entered British airspace. I said, how comforting. <laughs> that he died before he entered British airspace. I said, how comforting. Anybody talks to me like that, I always tell them that, you know, it's a sign that you are not happy where you are. It's a sign. It's a sign. And you want me to join you in frustrated togetherness. And I refuse it. I refuse. No, I refuse it. I quench all the fairy darts with a word of faith. With a word of faith. What am I saying? You must train your heart not to fear. I've given a few tips. But the most important of the ones I've given this evening is talk to your soul. Talk to your soul. Say, my soul will not fear. My heart will not fear. Let's rise to our feet and begin to declare these things. We're talking about the provisions of God. Let's end this series today. All right? Let's end it with prayer. Talk to your soul. Say, my heart will not fear. My soul, put your trust in the Lord. Your trust is not in any... You are speaking to yourself. You are speaking to yourself. We're not praying together now. You are speaking to yourself. Picture in your mind that you are standing in front of you and you are talking to you. Say, my heart, you will not fear. You will not be afraid of the terror that, you know, that goes around by day. The arrow that flies around by day. The terror that kills by night. You will not be afraid of the coronavirus. God will deliver you and you will know that. You will bear it in mind. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I'm telling you my soul. Bless the Lord. And don't forget any of his benefits. Remember, he caused you to know Jesus Christ. That is the most important thing. He caused you to know him. That is the most important thing. He forgave all your sins. He healed all your diseases. He has packaged his promises, all right? His provisions for you in his promises. Rejoice in them. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. You are speaking to your soul. You say to your soul, bless the Lord. Don't forget any of his benefits. He said, my soul, hope in the Lord. Hope in the Lord. He said, my soul, I'm saying to you, put your hope in him. Don't put your hope in the environment. Don't put your hope in a foreign country. Don't put your hope in your certificate. Don't put your hope in connections. Those things can disappoint. 
my soul, I speak to you today, hope in the Lord. Say, soul, wipe tears away from your eyes. Remove vexation from your heart. Rejoice because the Lord is on your side. Rejoice for the Lord is with you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Speak to your soul. You are instructing your heart. Remember, training your heart not to fear. And you will say directly to your heart, you will not fear. David said, my heart will not fear. Even though troubles surround me, my heart will not fear. I will not be afraid. A thousand may fall by my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. I will not be afraid. I will put my trust in the Lord. I will put my trust in the Lord. And I will never be moved. Because my trust is in the Lord. So, put your hope in him. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Says, soul, I speak to you. Be steadfast in Christ. Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say to you, rejoice. You're just speaking to your soul, giving instructions. Say to your soul, don't trust in mankind. Vain is the help of man. Vain is the help of man. Men will disappoint you, but the Lord will never disappoint. Men will disappoint you, but the Lord will never disappoint. Say men may disappoint, so don't put your hope in them. Put your hope in the Lord. My soul know that the Lord has ordained your steps. Say the Lord has prepared something for you. He's taking you by himself into the destiny that he has prepared. So, my soul, don't be afraid of tomorrow. It's not from the east or the west. Not from the south comes promotion. My soul, I want you to know, God is judge. He's the one that will lift you up. He's the one that lifts people up. It's not their own power. It's not their own strength. Speak to your soul. You know, discuss these things. Say to your soul, so the Lord will help you. The Lord will keep you. The Lord will guard you. He will protect you. He will guide you. He will lead you in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake. He said, my soul, listen. The word of God is sweet. It is a place of your help. Hide yourself in that word. Keep yourself in the love of Christ. My soul. You are talking to your soul. You are just talking to yourself. This is not just confession of the word. Now, even though they look alike and they are this very, very similar, but it's instructions to yourself. Say, you will not fear. Say, I say to you, soul, do not be afraid. There are people who are not sleeping again because they say they deregulated fuel. <laughs> say to your soul, relax. God will supply all your need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Say to your soul, he will make all grace abound towards you. You will have all sufficiency in all things and you will abound to every good work. So rest. Rest in the Lord. You're not resting in your savings. You're not resting in the houses you built. You are resting in the Lord. Say to your soul, rest. Rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. He doesn't fail. Rest in the Lord. 
put your hope in him. Let your hope be in him. Oh, you need to speak to your soul. Instruct your soul. Instruct your soul. Instruct your soul. Instruct your soul. Say so. Compose yourself. Quieten, quieten yourself. Like a winged child rests against his mother. Is a hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. Say so, don't be proud. My heart, don't be proud. My eyes, don't be haughty. Don't involve yourself in great matters. In things too difficult for you. In what will happen to fuel price in five years' time. How is that your business? How are you going to control it? What will happen to the tariff on power? How is it your business? How are you going to control it? Now say to yourself, don't worry about tomorrow. You are repeating the instructions of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are repeating the instructions of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, soul, I speak to you. Don't worry about tomorrow. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, or with what shall you clothe yourself? Say, after these things, those who don't know God, they seek. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and know for sure all other things will be added unto you. Say your bread will be given to you and your waters will be sure. Your bread will be given to you and your water will be sure. Speak to your soul. Say, your refuge is the impregnable rock. That's Christ Jesus. Ah, say to your soul, your hiding place is the impregnable rock. Your refuge is the impregnable rock. I'm reading from Isaiah chapter uh, uh, chapter 33. Say, your bread will be given to you and your water will be sure. Therefore, say to your soul, walk in righteousness and speak with sincerity. So, walk in righteousness. Speak with sincerity. Reject unjust gain. Shake your hands so that it will hold no bribe. Stop your ear from hearing about bloodshed. Close your ears from hearing about evil. Shut your eyes from staring with pleasure on evil. So rest, for your bread will be given you, and your waters will be sure. Say, so your eye will seek the king in his beauty. Yes, your heart, your eyes will see the king in his beauty. Your eyes will see the land of prosperity that God has prepared for you. So, look unto the Lord. Look upon the Lord. He's around you. He's surrounding you. He's making all grace abound towards you. My soul, I say to you, behold, he's causing prosperity to flow towards you like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. The Lord is your shepherd. Therefore, you shall not lack anything. There is none like your God. He rides the heavens to help you. He rides through the skies in his majesty. My soul, know it. The eternal God is your dwelling place. And underneath you are his everlasting arms. 
He has driven out the enemy from before you. He has uttered his words and he said destruction will overtake them. Therefore, my soul, know this. You dwell in the land of safety, the land of security. You are secluded in the land of grain and new wine. There is no cause for fear. The lines are falling for you in pleasant places and you have a goodly heritage. There is no cause for fear. He will send help to you from above. Strangers will build your walls. Instruct your soul concerning these things. Say, my soul, don't forget. It is well with your soul. It is well with you. Say to your soul, it is well with you. My soul, it is well with you. It is well with you. The Lord will perfect everything that concerns you. He will lead you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, so you will not be afraid. For the Lord is with you. You will live, you will not die. You will fulfill the purpose of God in your life. Every sickness that attaches to your flesh will not survive. But the Spirit of God, the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, is giving life to your mortal body. Therefore, soul, rest. Rest in the Lord. Rest. I wanted to say that to your soul. Rest in the Lord. It's so important. Say, soul, rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. You will not be afraid. You will not be disturbed. You will not be afraid. You will not be disturbed. You will not be afraid. You will not be disturbed. You will not be afraid. I say you will not be disturbed. Say to speak to your soul. Say, blessed are you, O my soul. Who is like you, saved by the Lord? Who is the shield of your help and the sword of your majesty? Your enemies will cringe before you and you will tread upon their high places. Say we are rich 
Father, we thank you. Thank you for encouraging our hearts again. Thank you, Lord, for driving fear away from our lives. Thank you, Lord, for restoring confidence and faith. Thank you, Lord, because we walk in boldness. Thank you, Lord, because we will no longer be afraid. Thank you, Lord, for the spirits of fear has left. Thank you for sound mind. Thank you for boldness. Give the Lord thanks in your own words. Just bless the name of the Lord. And say, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. You are our safety. You are our lights. You are our healer. We thank you, our provider. We thank you, our great deliverer. We thank you. We thank you. Blessed be God forever. Lord, we bless your name. We thank you. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. 